Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. This is White Coat Black Art. Healthcare in Canada faces serious problems. Overcrowded ERs and hospitals, lack of long-term care beds, lack of nurses, family doctors, specialists, and more. To meet those challenges, the provinces are trying different things. BC is boosting pay for family doctors. Saskatchewan is building more urgent care centers and hiring more nurse practitioners. Nova Scotia is investing in virtual health care. At a news conference on November 8th, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith announced a radically different approach. Welcome to a new day for health care in Alberta. The current Alberta health care system is one that has forgotten who should be at the centre of its existence, patients and the healthcare experts who look after them. We need to bring Alberta's healthcare system back to its mission of delivering the healthcare Albertans need when and where they need it. That new day the Premier is talking about means dismantling Alberta health services. That's a big deal. Since 2008, the provincial agency and its more than 11,000 physicians and more than 100,000 direct employees have delivered health services to more than 4.4 million Albertans. In its time, AHS was Canada's first and largest province-wide integrated health system. Alberta Health Minister Adriana Lagrange says that's about to end. We are at a critical juncture when it comes to health care in Alberta. As Premier said, we are refocusing Alberta health services so that we can provide a high-functioning health care system that prioritizes patient care and empowers our health care workers. The province intends to do that by breaking up AHS and creating four separate agencies responsible for acute care, continuing care, primary care, and mental health and addictions. A new transition team will first create a continuing care organization, followed by mental health and addictions, primary care, and then acute care. The restructuring is supposed to take place over 18 to 24 months at a cost of an estimated $85 million. Since the initial announcement, the province has held five town halls at which reaction was swift and strong. The next question is submitted from Kyle, who's listening online. And Kyle says, every government shakes up health care in Alberta. Why is this happening again? And what is going to be different about the change this time? The next question is going to come from Jessica. Hi there. I am curious about what, uh, before the decision was made, what consultation was done with frontline staff? And as a frontline care provider, we are burnt out, and I appreciate that acknowledgement. But I'm having difficulty seeing how adding management and what seems like more bureaucracy will improve burnout and improve staffing levels. These are early days. We're waiting for more granular details. Still, we're doing a show on this now. Because the last major restructuring of healthcare, the one that created Alberta Health Services back in 2008, had a seismic impact on healthcare in other provinces. This one might be just as influential. 
As Premier Smith said, these changes are being done with patients in mind. The patients we've spoken to aren't so sure. It's scary. Like, having a degenerative neurological disease is terrifying, just on its own. Cam McCormick of Edmonton has MS and is on long-term disability. The prospect of having to consider whether or not I can navigate this system while experiencing a neurological condition while having neurological events is just a whole new area of nightmare. Cam's partner, Krista Houston, has a chronic iron deficiency and needs regular intravenous top-ups to prevent anemia. When I'm already dealing with uh, like a pay-to-play system and already experiencing major costs, I know this isn't going to get better. It's not going to get better. I mean, that would just, I would be an idiot if I thought that was going to make it better. The changes announced by the Alberta government are having a strong impact among frontline healthcare providers. Hi, my name's uh, Paul Parks. So I'm a uh, emergency physician. I've been down in Medicine Hat and I am now currently the uh, president of the Alberta Medical Association. Dr. Paul Parks says the announced changes have left Alberta doctors very frustrated. So do you think this is a good time for the government to announce a major restructuring? <laughs> I don't think any time is good for a major restructuring. That, But no, I, I think that, you know, I mean, maybe to be a bit balanced and, and honest, one thing going across the province, there has been a fair bit of feedback from the regional centers and smaller that the system wasn't working as well as it should in terms of getting meaningful in, input from the local level and being able to implement it. And and so there was a lot of frustration with the system. So I think some change is needed. We needed to be able to, you know, change how we're functioning so we can get local solutions and unique things in, in a little place like Medicine Hat that I function in is different than in Calgary, say. And, and so we did need some change, but the system's so fragile and it's really is tenuous that um, we have to make sure it's it's evidence based. It's it's balanced, and the change we we do ultimately is what's best for patients. How concerned are you about physicians leaving the province because of uh, this this new restructuring? Uh, I think it's a com- combination of a number of things. That you know, it, it's not just the restructuring, uh, although that is a bit of a signal where if government's going to act unilaterally unilaterally, that'll be another thing that'll really... I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking in terms of the straw that breaks the camel's back. You, yeah. you listed a whole bunch of crises, including, including, you know, the lack of, of replacements, uh, lack of recruitment, retention. There, you know, certainly a nursing crisis, COVID. Uh, and and your members have been working pretty hard, haven't they? Oh, yes. And, and they are getting close. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, so the nurse practitioner announcement when they said they're going to just give a whole bunch of money to nurse practitioners to work independent, that that was very close. It's not the straw, very close to a straw that will break family medicine physicians backs in this province where they're like, they are actively struggling to keep their practices viable with the way our funding model is. And when they see that, and when they see, when they see the government go out there and lead with, well, here, we're going to really do this, this, this big, huge project for maybe a hundred nurse practitioners a year. When there's literally thousands of family physicians in Alberta begging for stabilization and a, a new funding model, those, those kind of things, government acting unilaterally and working on, on on projects that they think are important but that don't resonate with the system, it, those are what I worry about. And that's what our members are getting concerned about. And I think 
in Alberta. It's a reality that family physicians are voting with their feet right now. There are either some are leaving the province, but others, almost all of them are, are fleeing longitudinal family care. And we're getting close to that final straw, I would say. We're talking about this proposed restructuring on a national radio show because we think that Canadians need to hear this, hear about what, what's going on in Alberta. I want your thoughts on that. Why do you think Canadians should care about, about this proposed restructuring? You know, it's interesting. I've, I've been thinking about that. And I'll tell you, I think Canadians need to care because I think they need to first off understand that there is a national workforce shortage and a global workforce shortage. So like, we're really in a weird environment after the last, you know, four years or so or more. I think, you know, the pandemic tipped things over in many different ways. Things were teetering. And I think the the, the pandemic probably just he exposed everything. And now now we're in this environment where the whole entire country is is vying for not just physicians, but nurses, all allied healthcare workers. And so I think what's important for all Canadians is that we don't want every province to reinvent the wheel every single time. Uh, if we can create a scenario where we create a structure like Alberta Health Services, which is pretty unique in Canada because it's a single org uh and, and we can kind of restructure it in a way that brings primary care better, mental health and continuing care better integrated with the acute care system if we can succeed in this so that then we can build robust teams around our primary care and mental health teams and, and, and be a bit more kind of streamlined to how we get our patients into hospital when they're sick and then back out to the community when they have convalesced, then I, I think the other provinces could learn from that and, and vice versa. I think what happens in Alberta right now will have a lot of uh, resonance for the rest of the provinces because, if anything, almost all the other provinces are trying to kind of put their orgs together a bit more and have, have more connectedness in their orgs. And here we are going from one to, to maybe four. So uh, I, I think it'll be uh, interesting for us all to learn if do we get this right or do we mess it up. Paul Park says it's essential Alberta doctors have more say in how the restructuring is implemented. They aren't the only frontline healthcare workers who say they've been left out of the process. Hello, I'm Heather Smith. I'm president of United Nurses of Alberta, and I live in Edmonton and represent uh, registered nurses and registered psychiatric nurses across the province. Heather Smith is president of the United Nurses of Alberta. The union says the changes don't address the principal crisis that concerns most nurses, chronic understaffing and overwork caused by nursing shortages. That's not the only thing that concerns frontline nurses. You urged the health minister to refrain from going ahead with the restructuring. I want to know why that is. We consider restructuring a very destabilizing um, initiative activity. And we are so desperate to retain the workforce we have uh, to stable to keep things stable uh, so that we can recruit uh, within and, and outside of the province that, uh, you know, nurses in this province, and I suspect other provinces, the last thing they need is more instability in their workplaces and instability with respect to uh, retaining and recruiting. So I, I gather then that you think that the government's plans would have an adverse impact on the uh, the cohort of nurses that are that are practicing in Alberta right now, have I got that right? Yeah. Well, and there's two 
major concerns. One is uh, concern about uh, our efforts to stabilize and, and move forward in terms of, of workforce supply. Uh, but the other is the messaging that I believe this uh, restructuring means with respect to not just publicly funded but publicly delivered health care in our province. Now, you've mentioned that the restructuring is a, would be a destabilizing factor. Destabilizing how? What would it do? Um, we just recently received uh, a letter of communication from Alberta Health Services uh, basically suggesting, uh, as we are about to enter negotiations here, that, you know, further uh, changes in terms of mix and numbers and jobs and all that uh, may potentially flow because of the uh, mandate that ha was handed down on November 8th. Um, we're very concerned that this sends the wrong kind of messaging, uh, both in November 8th and combined with the more recent uh, letter, that um, you know this is not a place to consider um, for new newly graduating uh, nurses men and women who are are coming out of schools are going to look and hear this kind of, of news and say um, I don't want any part of this story especially when nobody knows what the story is or what the story is going to be and in terms of the workforce that is here um, the messaging around mixed changes and mix and, and staffing levels uh, will say to people who are low in seniority in this province uh, that uh, they may as well they should be looking elsewhere in terms of stable predictable uh, work lives so yeah, it's 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 a very alarming and concerning uh, when, you know, we are we are doing desperately in need of uh, stabilization, and we don't need further disruption and discouragement and uh, distrust of of what's going to happen. Do you believe that the restructuring, the proposed restructuring, announced restructuring, could uh, could compromise patient safety? Absolutely, particularly if we're not. Uh, if we have uh, further uh, erosion and uh, in terms of, of workforce supply, absolutely. I mean, we uh, the number of, of identified uh, concerns regarding staffing now are, you know, over the top in terms of, of uh, nurses saying, you know, we're doing our best, but but uh, this is jeopardizing and, and putting patients at risk. So absolutely, anything that further undermines the ability to. Um, assure staffing levels is is increasing uh, that that risk to patients. How concerned are you that if this restructuring goes ahead, it will contribute to a flight of nurses from the province? Yeah, I'm I'm very very concerned. The reason this is also is concerned is that undermining our public health care system at this time feeds into an agenda that says the only answer is more uh, private delivery, public funding but uh, private delivery. And again, that's the whole concern about the bigger picture um, that we need to repair. Um, and, you know, workforce is, is a huge part of it, but there's the whole bigger picture in terms of, of what kind of outcomes, what kind of healthcare system Albertans should be able to expect and rely upon when they need it. Heather Smith, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much. Better days ahead, we all hope. We'll be right back. What if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. 
Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat Black Art. On our show this week, we are digging into the Alberta government's recent announcement of the most consequential restructuring of health care in that province in a generation. The government hopes that breaking up health care into four main areas primary care, acute care, chronic and long-term care, and mental health and addictions will lead the way to tackling systemic issues like a lack of family doctors and nurses. We asked Premier Smith and Health Minister LaGrange on the show to explain that approach, but they were not available. Our next guest thinks breaking up health care into four separate areas may have a detrimental effect on patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Fiona Clement. I'm at the University of Calgary in the Department of Community Health Sciences. And my area of research is health policy and largely international health system comparisons. Fiona Clement studies healthcare systems. She says, to her knowledge, the kinds of changes announced by the province have never been attempted before. What was your reaction when you heard the announcement? Shock, I think. Um, we sort of heard rumors that changes were coming. This government has made uh, no secret that AHS, Alberta Health Services, um, which is our current provincial-wide system, is not its friend. Um, but I thought that they would break it up into different geographic zones, but keep the different parts of um, care and the, the continuum of care, as we might call it, together, um, which is models that you see in other places where, again, they keep the continuum of care together, but localized to a geographic area. So breaking up across what might be a patient journey from primary care into acute care, back out to primary care, perhaps over to some mental health supports, back into acute care, then out into perhaps continuing care. Like breaking up the system along those lines is um, not being done anywhere and not expected. So quite a, quite a shock, I think. And just to be clear, through your work researching healthcare systems, you're not aware of any other healthcare system taking this kind of approach uh, of breaking apart different areas of care, not geographic areas, but actually different parts of the healthcare system. That's absolutely right. So every system that I'm aware of is actually moving in the opposite direction towards more integration and more alignment across uh, the continuum of care. And actually, many places are looking to Alberta as a model that could be emulated. You're right, because healthcare, there are aspects of the healthcare system in Alberta that are the envy of, of other parts of Canada. We'll get there in a moment. But you heard the announcement, you heard the what. Did they say why they were doing it? And did it make sense to you when you heard it? Mm -hmm. Well, so the rationale given in the press conference was that Alberta Health Services has gotten too powerful. And, you know, when I'm thinking about uh, policy objectives and this is something that I teach, so I think about it a lot um, when I share these kinds of reflections with my grad courses, is the policy objective really should align with you know, taking society forward and societal objectives. And so um, knocking Alberta Health Services back a peg doesn't really resonate with me as a reason for making a massive decision in, in healthcare. Um, you know, I would really like to see an objective more along the lines of improving the patient experience, improving patient outcomes, um, focusing on care needs of people in a different way, um, something along those lines. But the idea of, you know, this big of a change being driven by uh, the fact that Alberta Health Services uh, threatens you doesn't make sense to me. 
Okay, so that's the prep leading up to to the uh, to the actual announcement. Let's talk about trying to implement this. It seems like a huge task. What do you think administrators are going to have to do to get this up and running, to split this off into the four pillars that we that we mentioned? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of unraveling to do. You know, since 2008, when Alberta Health Services was brought together, they've worked very, very hard to actually integrate systems of care across the province. And, you know, there's a big difference between um, changing the label on a door from uh, the Calgary Health Region, which existed pre-Alberta Health Services, just putting a sticker over that says Alberta Health Services is quite different than actual integration across a very big geographically designed um, healthcare system. And so some of the unraveling that has to happen here goes very, very deep um, and all the way down to the bedside. So I think even just thinking about who owns what capital infrastructure now, how do systems that had agreements in place with Alberta Health Services to provide care, um, how, how does that transition over? What does that look like? Who signs the paperwork to make sure I have pencils at the front desk for patients to fill in forms, you know? So I, a lot, a lot of work. Do you think these changes were done with the patient in mind? I don't. You know, on one hand, I think uh, for a patient, you might not actually notice the system changes, I suppose, except that your providers will probably be higher stressed. You might have more coordination to do yourself. But, you know, if you're having a heart attack, you're still going to get taken um, to the closest hospital, whether that's an AHS facility or a different kind of facility. You as a patient probably wouldn't even know. But I do think that um, we have lots and lots of evidence that demonstrates every time a patient um, transitions organizations, um, it's an opportunity for the patient to fall through the gap and that there is an increase in the mistakes that are made um, information that gets lost, care that is not followed up on every time this, the patient transitions organizations. And we've just added in a whole bunch more transitions from a patient perspective. So I, I do think that whilst the system will continue to offer the highest quality care it can at the level of like the patient and the doctor or the patient and the provider, that will not be facilitated or aided in any way by the system. It will be just down to the amazing quality of healthcare providers that we have. And, and except that, that from what you've just said, uh, those frontline healthcare providers are going to be under a lot more cognitive stress trying to figure things out while, while taking care of pa- patients in a, in a high demand system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the patients may and their families may not know who's in charge and, and how the administration works and how the system works, but they, they should be noticing that the changes are meant to reduce emergency room and surgery wait times, improve access to innovative treatments, recruit more staff. How likely are patients to see those benefits in this new system? For me, Brian, there's a big disconnect between those goals and the things that Albertans um, are saying they need, like more primary care physician access, um, more care out in rural areas, lower wait times in the emergency room, lower wait times in general. I don't see how changes like this that were that are proposed for the system will equate to those things happening. I, I don't see the connection there at all. Right now, an estimated 800,000 Albertans lack primary care. I wanted to know how Clement thinks the changes will remedy that. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to. Um, I think it's important to remember that primary care never was 
Alberta Health Services responsibility. It always was the responsibility of Alberta Health. Primary care did not fit under AHS. And I don't see how these changes will fix that at all. So we don't think that there's a lot of scientific evidence for making these switches. Do you think that these changes are political? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, going back to some of the things I teach my graduate students, sometimes decisions are political. It's okay, I think, to make political decisions that perhaps are different than the evidence. But then transparency is crucial in those kinds of process and communicating the difference between what the evidence says and the political decision-making process um, is crucial. I think what saddens me about this decision is that it's a political decision that really doesn't feel like it's going to take the health of Albertans forward. It feels, and from what we know in the science, this will sort of take us back. And it's a it's a step forward that no other country is taking when we know integration across the system is so important. Um, this political decision feels very, very harsh. There is uh, an elephant in the room, and that is privatization. And I'm wondering, from your standpoint, what are the chances that this new way of delivering healthcare in Alberta could lead to more privatization, as some have suggested? So again, I think important to be clear on our language. Um, so I, I think definitely um, this will lead to more private delivery um, presence. So I mean, it's been made very clear that in the acute care space, for example, Alberta Health Services will be one provider of acute care, the implication being that there will be others, um, and those will be private delivery. Do you see any potentially good things that can happen out of this massive change? Hmm. (laughs) I guess my long pause says a lot. You know, I think having mental health and addictions specifically called out in in a care design could be a good thing. Um, And I hope that that leads to um, more innovation and more providers um, in the mental health and addiction space. That's all I can come up with. I recall that when Alberta Health Services was created in 2008, uh, it was a model that was studied and in, in many cases copied by other parts of Canada. How likely is it that the rest of Canada will once again look to Alberta as a leader with this reorganization? I think it's extremely unlikely. I think it's much more likely that they'll be looking to Alberta as an opportunity to recruit now. I think You mean to recruit uh, providers from Alberta to their absolutely. region? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, the timing is right for those for those campaigns to get launched. I think people just perhaps need an invitation. And then the other, I I think it's sort of like watching a train wreck, watching to see how bad it is. I don't think we'll be upheld as a model. Those are sober words. Uh, Fiona Clement, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you, Brian. As I said near the top, we only have the broad outlines of how Alberta intends to restructure healthcare in that province. They say they intend to consult widely with stakeholders about next steps. The people we spoke with hope they intend to listen. That's our show this week. Our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This week's episode was produced by Stephanie Dubois with help from Samir Chabra and Isabel Gallant. Our digital producer is Ruby Buiza. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.